Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Welcome again to Real Life. How you guys doing? A little bit. Man, yes, some of you guys are still waking up. I like that. It's a, it's a long weekend, you know. But I'll say thanks for being here, man, this Memorial Day weekend. You guys could be anywhere in the world, but you chose to worship with us. So, man, thanks for being here. If you're new with us, I want to say a hearty welcome. Man, we were so excited you're in the house and believing God's going to do something incredible this morning. Man, I want to say thank you, Barry, for reminding us uh, so much of what Memorial Day is all about. Man, the men and women who have sacrificed their lives so we can have the freedoms and opportunities and privileges and rights that we have today. I know we're all thankful, but I would encourage you as a family uh, maybe just, uh, you know, stop this weekend. I know we were all, like, cruising, having fun, and, you know, three-day weekend, all that. But you know, take some time and thank God for those who have gone before us. I mean, there's so much sacrifice that's happened, and we just take some time to honor them. And that would be an encouragement for you and your family. Maybe you have a loved one that's died in the service. You can stop by their grave or whatever. But, I mean, I would encourage you just to make something special this weekend is remember all those who give us the freedoms we have today. We would not meet as a church in this building today if it wasn't for people that sacrificed their lives to protect this country. And so I want to encourage you. We're going to start a brand new series, and uh, we're going to do a little thing called Bad Advice. You may ask, why in the world are we giving bad advice away at church? Uh, maybe you're like, this is weird. I'm showing up, and I'm going to hear all the stuff I shouldn't do. And, uh, you know, for, for, for us, I really think it's important because you can look around you, but also look at yourself. Oftentimes, we do things that look like we're living from bad advice. I can speak for myself. I know there's actions and attitudes and things, that, some behaviors I have or habits I have that look like I'm living from some advice that's not true. And I think it's going to be a powerful morning as we put bad advice in the context of our church. Church. We're going to do this in the middle of the message. We're going to kind of dive into the bad advice. And I think it's going to be kind of an aha moment for a lot of us today. We look at ourselves and go, man, I can't believe I'm actually living out some of this bad advice in my life. So I know this is going to be a powerful morning. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. But before we jump in, we got a very special moment this morning. Man, we're going to celebrate today what God's doing on our real life youth program. And so our youth group meets every Sunday night, and God's doing incredible stuff. And they're in the season of graduation. Come on, somebody. Doing graduation season. And the youth group's just done incredible stuff, and people are getting lives changed all the time, and I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder, but today we're going to celebrate what they're doing. Uh, we're a church for the next generation. They're the church of today, not of tomorrow. And so I want to welcome uh, Carrie Kelby to the stage. Uh, she is overseeing and leading our youth group right now, and uh, God's just doing incredible stuff. You can't give a real-life welcome to Carrie Kelby. Hello, everybody. If I have not yet had a chance to meet you, my name is Carrie Cubley, and I am just one of the many people who have the honor of serving here at Real Life each and every week. I've also recently taken over our youth group, so it's been a ton of fun. Um, and if you haven't yet heard about our youth group, we have an incredible youth ministry, and every week our team gets to hang out with some pretty awesome teenagers. Um, junior high and high school are hard. I remember being in high school, it was a struggle, and we want to be there every single step of the way. Um, so our goal every week in Real Life Youth is just to create an environment where teens can come and find out who God is, learn more about Him, and also to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus. So if you have a teen and you haven't yet sent them to youth group, I would encourage you to make Real Life Youth their destination on Sunday nights. We would absolutely love to hang out with them, get to know them more, and also help partner with you to um, help them grow in their faith. Uh, so today, we are celebrating Teresa. Um, as I said, we hang out with a lot of teens each and every week. We have one senior this year who is graduating, and we're wanting to celebrate her today. So 2019, high school graduate. Super exciting. I know that feels good to hear. What a huge accomplishment. Um, Teresa is graduating from Raypeck High School. During high school, she took several international baccalaureate classes and lettered for serving as manager for the varsity boys basketball team for three years. 
She will be attending Southwest Baptist University and plans to major in nursing, which is pretty cool. And she is the daughter of Robert and Tammy Halford. And if you guys could both stand, Rob and Tammy, I would love to honor you guys. Congratulations, you did it. Getting a child to graduation is no small feat. It does not come with any shortage of blood, sweat, and tears. And we are just as happy to celebrate with you as I, as I know you guys are to have um, the celebration with her as she graduates high school. Um, let's give them one more big round of applause. Okay, so since we're starting a series today about bad advice, I thought what better way to start this off than to give you some bad advice from my own personal experience. Um, so when you head off to college, I just want you to start off by just like finding a boyfriend, like any boyfriend. Doesn't have to be saved, just find a guy and just like dive head first into that relationship, right? And you're only young once, so I want you to just like hang out with your friends, don't study. Studying is for losers. Just hang out with your friends, go party. I'm just kidding, don't do any of that. <laughs> so, but if, what I really would love for you is to make sure that you're going into school and knowing that you have a team behind you that supports you and loves you and putting God first in everything that you do. Um, you have a youth group that stands behind you first and foremost. Um, if there are any youth leaders here, I'm not sure if there are any in the first gathering. My husband, I think, might be somewhere in here. If you guys could stand, we would love to celebrate you. Probably not in this one, but yay, youth group. So um, we have an awesome youth group. We are here for you. We support you. We're so excited for you. We love you. Um, and you also, in addition to having an amazing youth group, have an amazing church who loves you. And we are so excited to see you go off to college. We are going to be praying for you. We are just so pumped for this next step in your life. Um, 1 Corinthians 13.11 says this. When, a child, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. And when I became a man, I did away with childish things. So you are now in that moment where you're pivoting from being a child to this lovely thing that we call adulting. It stinks. <laughs> it's hard. There's lots of challenges that you're going to face. There's lots of new things that you're going to venture into, like doing your own laundry. I don't know if you do that yet. Making your own schedule. You're like in charge of your own life, doing your own laundry, right? So as you move into this phase of your life, I just want to remind you that you are the master of your own destiny. Um, but if I could give you one word of good advice... I would give you the advice to put God first in everything that you do. Because I guarantee you, if you do that, there are so many things in your life that will fall into place. And your faith is so much more important than laundry. I'm sure I can get an amen from Tammy and Rob on that one. Um, so I just want you to know we're so excited to see how God uses you. And I'm excited to see the, the woman that God creates you to be and changes you into. If you want to come on stage now, I have something to present you. Are you going to take any of this bad advice that I've given you, Teresa? No bad advice? Did you hear that, Tammy? No bad advice. Um, so from me, from Real Life Youth, from your church, we love you. We're so excited for you. We can't wait to see everything that God does in and through your life. Congratulations. Class of 2019. That's all. Man, nice work. Man, I'm excited for what God's doing. Um, Man, Teresa, I was thinking back to our launch team. You have been with us since the very beginning. Like before we launched the church, you were helping out and serving. And I'll say thank you for being faithful to the church. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of teenagers don't go to church at all. It's just like, why would I ever do that? But you've been faithful here serving with our kids. I know you've watched my kids, so I've been praying for you. Um, that you don't do anything crazy. Uh, but man, you know, even today, uh, she's going to be serving today. You don't know this or not, but she is going to stay late after both gatherings. And she's going to serve ice cream floats to you guys when you guys out in the hub. Isn't that awesome? So, man, thanks for doing that. Give it up for Teresa one more time. We're so proud of you. If you need anything, seriously, you just call me up. 
Me and Diane were behind you before your churches for you. I want to start off today's message with an introductory question. I don't want you to answer this question yet, but I want you thinking about this idea. So don't answer yet. But is there a time in your life in the past that you've been closer to Jesus than you are today? Has there been a time in your past where you've been closer to Jesus than you are today? Let me set this up for you. Was there a time in your life where you're more passionate about God? A time in your life where you couldn't wait to bring your friends to church. Maybe you'd open the Bible and all of a sudden you'd open up and you'd start seeing new things. You'd go, I've never seen it that way before. Man, I can't believe God did this. Man, this is incredible. I've got to learn more about God. You're in his word daily and you're praying. And man, you show up to church and you wouldn't be the last one in and sit in the back, but you'd be the very first one here. Amen. You're sitting in the front. You're raising hands in worship. Man, you're leaning in. You're excited. You're expecting things from God. You're waiting for God to move. And sitting on your left side is one of your friends and the right side is some enemy of yours you brought to church. Come on, somebody, right? You just drug them to church to say you need Jesus, but you're believing big things, right? Like, you know, God's going to change their life. You're believing big. You're praying big. God's answering prayers. You're walking with them. You feel like you're doing everything that God has for you in that moment. Every day you're just led by the spirit. You know, for a lot of us, we probably look back and say, there's a season in my life I used to be that way. There's a season in my life where I can remember, man, I was on fire for God, but over time I just kind of cooled down. We can all look back and probably have a season in our life that we were probably closer to God. And so this morning, if you have like an honest moment, maybe you would agree with me and say, hey, has there been a time in your life where you've been closer to God than today, man? If that's you, would you put your hands up in the air? Just being honest with me this morning. Anybody that said I've been closer to God in the past than today? Man, thanks for your honesty. Man, it kind of reminds me of a story of a couple newlyweds that got married, and uh, they'd go drive in the truck, and the husband would drive, because that's what guys do, I guess, right? And then the, then the wife, she was sitting on the far side as one of those four pickup trucks, you know, at the bench, and she would kind of slide on over in the middle, and he'd shift gears and put his arm around her and give a little cuddle like the newlyweds do, and his little googly eyes and all that fun stuff. And then about 20 years passed, come on, somebody, he's still driving the truck, and she's sitting over by the window. You know what I'm talking about. She's on her iPhone. She's doing her little thing. And then all of a sudden, she starts reminiscing about the past. And, oh, man, honey, whatever happened those days? Man, we used to cuddle up and sit right here in the middle. And you put your arm around me. And, man, you loved me. And I had those googly eyes. And, man, what, what happened those days, babe? And he looks at her. The coy look on his face says, well, sweetheart, I'm not the one who moved. And I think for some of us, maybe you were close to Jesus at one point in your life. Maybe you were in the power and presence of God was all around you. May I suggest to you that God is not the one who moved today? May I suggest to you that God is still there waiting for you to come back to him? And I believe this message is going to speak to us to draw close to God. As we draw to him, he's going to draw close to us. So I'm going to give some bad advice. You guys ready for some bad advice? Man, how to drift from God. This can be a really weird setup today, but we're going to jump in into the parable that Jesus gives in Matthew 13, and he's going to preach a, a message. He's going to share a parable, and uh, it's going to make no sense to anybody, and the disciples are going to ask him, what's this mean? And he's going to break it down for him. And so I'm going to summarize the first part of the parable, and Jesus tells the parable of the sower. A sower is a person that goes out, has a bag of seed, and literally throws it. He casts it out and scatters it on the ground. And Jesus says, this sower cast seed, and some of it fell onto the path. This path is hard soil. It's soil that's been compacted by animals and people and trailers, whatever thing else. And that seed sits on top of the ground and the birds come and they snatch it away and obviously doesn't grow or produce any fruit. And then Jesus says that seed is scattered and some lands on the rocky soil. Some takes root just for a little bit, but it's not enough soil there to really get enough water. So it sprouts up, begins to grow, is excited about the things of God. And then the sun beats on it, withers, and it dies. And then some of that seed, it lands on the thorny ground. And it begins to grow, and all of a sudden it gets choked out by the thorns around it, and it produces no fruit. And then the fourth type of soil Jesus talks about is the good soil. That seed lands on the soil, and it grows, and it reproduces a harvest of 60, 30, and sometimes even 100 times more. I'm here today to tell you that you're one of those four types of soil today. 
You might ask, your, ask the question as I line this next part out, which part of the soil are you? Are you the hard soil, the rocky soil? Maybe you're the thorny ground. Maybe you're the good soil today. And so Jesus, he's going to apply this message. He's going to tell his disciples what this actually means. You can find this in Matthew uh, chapter, 19, or chapter 13, verse 19. Jesus said this. He talks about the path. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not what? What do they not do? Come on, say it out loud. What's he say? Do not understand it. They don't understand it. He says, then the evil one, this is Satan, comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. And this is the seed along the path. Maybe quite honest with you, there is some of us in the house today that this is going to be us. Like we're going to hear the word of God preached and we're going to go, man, that just wasn't for me. Like that didn't make any sense. Like, man, I don't know, man, there's this, it just, it's not my style of church. There wasn't enough jokes, man, the preacher, he, he wore too much blue, you know? Like, just wasn't for me today. Like, I didn't really get anything. And you're going to walk out the same way you walked in. You're going to be completely unchanged by God. So Jesus talks about how there's people that their heart is hard and that the word of God is not going to apply to your life. And then Jesus, he goes on to talk about the rocky ground in verse 20. He says, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once, man, I love this, receives it with a joy. Come on, so good. So good. That's big preaching. Come on. Uh, amen. You guys are receiving it with joy. I can hear it already. There, there we go. We're getting there. But since they have no root, they only last how long? Man, come on, say it. A short while. May last a short while. When in trouble and persecution comes because of the world, what happens? Man, they quickly fall away. Man, I hate to say this, but this is going to be some of us today as well. Man, we're going we're gonna to hear the word. We're going to shout down the preacher. Come on. Amen. Man, I'm going to turn my life back to God. Man, so good. Wow. There it is. Wow. Man, this is all. I love you guys. Man, you're like, oh, it's all for me. I'm going to join a life group, man. I'm not going to join. I'm going to start a life group. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to join the dream team. Like, I'm going to give. I'm going to be on passion. I'm going to get a YouVersion Bible app. Come on, somebody. I'm going to sign up to read the Bible through in a year. I'm going to get on top of that right now. Like, God's going to move my life. All of a sudden, boom, something happens, right? You get a bad report. Maybe somebody makes fun of you and your faith. Man, I've had people tell my life, they said, man, you're just, you're just taking this Jesus thing way too seriously. I don't know if anybody's ever told that to you. Maybe somebody close to you. So you just spend too much time at church. You're just doing too much for God. And all of a sudden, you're going to quickly walk away from the passion that God put in your life. Then Jesus talks about the thorns. He said, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the seedfulness of wealth. Man, what does it do? It chokes out the word and it, and it makes it unfruitful. Man, the worries of life. Well, guess what? There's going to be some of us today that we're going to have the worries of life. Some of this is how it's going to happen, that we're going to be preoccupied with the things of the world. Man, we're good-hearted people. Like, we're trying to do our best. We're trying to do the, the right thing, but life just happens. You know, some of us are going to go to college, and we're going to go full-time, and we're going to be working through college, and all of a sudden, church is going to become on the back burner. That's not going to be Teresa. I'm not preaching about Teresa, okay? Um, but that's going to be some of us. We're going to go off, and we're going to be a full-time student, and we're, we're going to forget about God. Or some of us, we're going to be getting married. Somebody got married this weekend. That happened. You know, and, and we're going to get married, and all of a sudden, we're going to try to figure out how the marriage works. Like, do I push the toothpaste at the bottom or, like, the top? You know, is, like, the toilet paper under or over? Like, man, what's this all over? <laughs> I would agree with over, but you don't have to agree with me. But... But what's this all about? What's this marriage life? What's all about? All of a sudden, you're going to be too much kissing and smooching, and all of a sudden, this baby's going to be on the way. Like, how did this happen, right? And all of a sudden, you're going to be like, I've got to get a second job. And all of a sudden, church is kind of floating back, and your time with God's getting taken away. And then over time, there's a second baby. Come on, somebody. Or twins. You've been there. I don't know what's in the church water, but there's something crazy going around here. But the twins happen. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I need a bigger house. So you buy a house, and they got a yard to take care of, and you got to mow, and now you got a mortgage, and you got a credit card stacking up. You got debt going everywhere. And all of a sudden, man, you didn't really mean to lose track and drift from God, but you did. 
That's the thorns of life. The worries of this world will choke out the things of God. And then Jesus mentions something in verse 23. He says, but the seed that falls on what type of soil? Come on, somebody tell me, what type of soil is this? Man, on the good soil. I'm here today to tell you that some of you, most of us in this room, man, I believe our hearts are good soil. Amen? I believe God's preparing us for this message. I believe God put us in this room on a purpose. Man, I believe in the word of God lands in your life that God's gonna bring a divine harvest in your life. This is what Jesus says about it. He says, but the seed that falls on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. You know, it's incredible. In that day, Jesus was talking to people who knew agricultural. He knew, he knew people that were farmers. He's preaching to average, average people on, on the street. And so he's talking to these people and saying, man, you're gonna yield 60. 30, 100 times more. These people have been excited to get eight to 10, you know what I'm saying? That would have been incredible for them. And so to get 30 would have been unheard of. 60 would have been an absolute miracle, but 100 times more than you planted get a return. Man, that's only from God. I'm here to tell you, if your heart is right, if your heart is good still this morning, I believe God can do more than you can see on your own eyes, that you will exceed your own ability, that he will further something you can even imagine, that he can give you a dream that you can't even dream in your heart. He can bring spiritual life into your heart, in your life, because your heart is good soil. Man, we gotta be careful because so many of us today said, you know what, there's times in my life I was closer to Jesus. Man, it's so easy to look back and go, man, I've drifted. Like, I've drifted from the heart of God. You know, as a youth pastor, uh, we used to go down to the Lake of the Ozarks and uh, I've got a place down there with my dad. And uh, we'd go down and we'd bring all these youth kids. And this is always fun because you get like 20 to like 60 plus people in a, in a cabin, basically which is great, you know? And so the kids are destroying everything, which is always fun. And I always enjoy working with kids. I'm not that negative, but we always have fun. But I got this really awesome pontoon boat down there. Come on, somebody remember my pontoon boat's been on this trip, you know? This is thing is like jankety for Jesus, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we all have a dad that has a boat like this. You know what I'm talking about. He just had to row it back. I was talking to Barry about this. this every lake trip he had, he had to row the boat back. And so this boat was a miracle it even started. I mean, it's one of those things you just kind of prayed and it didn't work, but then you prayed some more and it started working. And so we stuck the kids out there and Diane's driving down the lake and it's just really cool because she's pulling tubers. And I would tell you something, there's nothing more cool than tubing behind a pontoon boat. I'm telling you what, I mean, that's intense. But for some reason, the kids liked it. I know this sounds like really lame. It's not lame. There's other boats there, but that's really, the kids loved it. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, this boat is pretty janky, and so it breaks down right across the lake. It's about a quarter mile wide. It breaks down, and, uh, and it actually ran out of gas, but I'm not going to blame Diane because this boat is pretty janky because you had to get a wooden stick and put it in the gas tank to measure the gas. So I'm just telling you, man, it was like a white trash Christmas going on. So that's just kind of how we rolled at the Ozarks. And so she, it breaks down, and uh, I didn't know it broke down at the time, and it had drifted down the lake like a quarter mile, like 10 or 15 minutes. It just floats down the lake, and the wind's taking it, the current's taking it. And I, I get out there, and uh, people are telling me it's broken down, and they're looking out, and these kids got ropes. They're pulling from the front of the boat, and they're swimming, trying to get the boat back, and there's kids jumping off the back, trying to push it forward, and they climb up the ladder. And I'm just telling you, it's real special. And if you're worried about it, the boat made it back in one piece. I'm just saying, man, we got the boat back. And so this morning, I'm just asking the question, man, maybe for you, you just don't realize how far you maybe drifted from God. I mean, it's so easy to forget, like, where the shore's at. I mean, you could just drift so fast from where God wants you in life. Just so easily, you just go down that path so quickly. And so this morning, I want to encourage you with a verse found in Hebrews 2.1. It says this, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to do what we've heard so that we say it out loud. What do we do? So we do not drift away. You guys get better now. We don't do what? And you guys did without me. And that's where we have to drift away, man. So I want to give you some bad advice. I'm going to paint the doomsday picture of drifting from God. So I'm going to preach in a really weird way, and I'm, I'm hoping to make it through this because it's, it's, it's different for me. But I've got to do, you guys ready for some bad advice? 
Anybody ready? I'm, you're going to get it anyway if you're not ready, so you just might as well get ready. But the sermon, the sermon series, bad advice, so I've got to do it. I'm kind of on the hook now. So here we go. So maybe you wake up one morning and you realize, you know what, you're just kind of tired of living for God. Maybe you're tired of putting on the show. Maybe you're tired of having the power and presence of God in your life. You're just like, man, I'm just going to walk away. Like, I don't want the joy of God in my life. I mean, who wants the joy of God? I mean, who, who wants to have the power and protection of Jesus in their life? I Man, I'm just too blessed. I'm just too blessed to be stressed. I want to be stressed. I want to be stressed. Give me some more stress, Jesus. I want my life to be as miserable as possible. So I'm just kind of walk away from God in this season. I'm tired of using my gifts for the church, and I'm tired of using my gifts to see people changed by the power and presence of God. So I'm just going to walk away from him. So today I want to give you some points, a little path you can walk down to drift from God this morning. So if you're taking notes... <laughs> I'm not going to make it. If you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, this is going to write down. This is really important. The first thing to do if you want to drift from God is neglect your time with God. This is so important. Just neglect your time with God. It's found in Psalm 63.1. David in the desert of Judah says this, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in dry and parched land where there is no water. Yeah, just don't do that. Okay. <laughs> don't seek after God. Don't crave for the things of God. Don't yearn for the things of God. Do it your way. I mean, if you get close to God and his word, you're going to draw close to Jesus. And that's the last thing you want for your life, your life. You want to neglect your time with God in the Bible because the Bible is living and active. It's going to change you from the inside out and make you life-giving person. Man, you want to be a death-giving person. Come on, somebody. Death-giving. That's what God's calling to be. And whatever you do, don't worship at church. Like if you show up, if you have to get to church, just stand there and just be frozen. Like the frozen chosen, just like this. Just stand there and just stare at the lights. Don't read the words because it might change your soul. Just stare at the lights and look for typos because sometimes there's typos. And if, this, if it's late, then judge them, okay? And if it, just think, if all else fails, it's just too loud. So just be distracted by everything around us. And if all possible, be as late as possible. And you can sit in the back. I'm sorry if you're in the back today. <laughs> so you're sitting back. And if you can help it, don't go to church at all. Like, just don't be here. Like, don't come at all because if you come at all, then God might do something in your life. Or if you're like most American Christians, just go like once a month. Man, it's a really great exercise of, of really, it's really profitable for you because that way you're not on the hook to serve. You just come once a month and just kind of sweet swing it out. And then whatever you're going to do, don't spend time with God. Don't read the Bible. Don't pray. Don't give. Don't, don't, don't have people in your life that push you to Jesus, man. Don't seek after God. Whatever you do, neglect God at all costs. Man, second thing is this. Hang around the wrong people. Come on, you can't be the right person to hang out the wrong people. That's why you hang out the wrong people, so you can be the wrong person. So you'll be outside God's will. Make your closest friends people that are the farthest from God possible. Hang out with the wrong crew, not because you want to witness to them and be a light to them, but because you want to be like them. Like, just hang out with them because you want to end up like them. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Corrupts good character, man. Who wants some corrupt character this morning? Come on, amen. Some of you don't need it. You've got it already. I mean, I preach this message long. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to mention anybody, but man, don't hang, don't hang out with faithful people to God. Don't hang out with somebody who believes the best in you. Don't find a spiritual mom or dad. Don't find a brother or sister in Christ. I mean, why would you be around somebody that loves you? I mean, why would you be around somebody that has the best for you and holds you accountable to things that are going to produce life-giving things in your life? You don't want to be a leader. I mean, you don't want to around people. Do your own thing, man. You're you. Just do you. Have it your way. Don't worry about what other people think about you. Man, you don't need to do, find the worst person to be around and hang out with them so that they can feel better and in the, the day they can walk all over you. That's the goal for your life, man. Just drift from God. If you really want to hit this on the head, man, date or marry somebody that's totally unlike you. Like if you're a Christian, find somebody that's not a Christian. Just be totally unequal of yoke so you can kind of walk in circles your whole life trying to drag somebody along with you in your faith. If, at best, man, find somebody you can lead to Christ and like change them because that's going to happen. They're just going to change because you want them to change. And so just hang out the wrong people. <laughs> I'm not going to make through this, but man, give into temptation as often as possible. Man, when you're tempted, don't resist. <laughs> don't resist. 
I mean, why would you resist temptation? I mean, who thinks sin is fun? Come on, sin is fun? Nobody thinks sin is fun? I'm gonna tell you, if your hand is not up right now, you do not know how to sin, all right? You're doing it wrong. Like, you don't know what's going on. Or you're that, or you're lying right now, which makes you a bigger sinner, all right? So we're just gonna go in a circle right there. But man, sin is fun. Go to the party, come on, man. Have some fun, be you. Like, hey man, you only live once. You're gonna be young once, man. You're, gonna, you're only gonna be teenager once, man. Just live it up. James chapter one, all right? But each person is tempted when they're what? Dragged, I love this. Man, they're dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, man, this is so much fun. That desire conceives, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown. This is all about this, man. It gives birth to death. Man, isn't that exciting? We wanna have death in our life. Like we wanna sin and be far away from God as possible so we can have spiritual death, man. No joy, no peace, no, no, no happiness, no hope. We want to live a life that's far from God as possible. Man, when you're tempted, don't fight at all. Man, just give in to every temptation. Man, it's who you are. Man, you're made like for this. Man, don't, don't judge anybody. Like, just kind of drift. Do your own thing. Just walk away from God as long as possible. You know, if you have kids, you might bring them to church at that point. But just kind of keep walking from God. I know there's like one or two things in our lives that we typically do to kind of cope with our own lives. I mean, just keep doing that. Like, don't worry about that kind of stuff. I mean, and if anything, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody you're struggling. I mean, especially don't go to God. But don't, don't tell anybody you're, you're in a path that you have an addiction in your life. You, you need some help. Man, just rationalize your sin. Don't tell anybody, man, this is how you drift from God. Don't only neglect your time with God or you hang out with the wrong people, but you give them temptation. But man, love the world love, more than you love Jesus. I can't even preach this. <laughs> Somebody better not take these sound bites and use them against me. Because <laughs> I know it's going to happen. But love the world more than you love Jesus. 1 John 2.15 says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, what does it say? The love of the Father is not in them. Come on, somebody. We don't want the love of the Father in us, so we're going to make this world our home, amen? I remember we're all about materialism. When you look down the driveway and you look down the street, man, you see everybody else's toys and fun stuff and the grass is greener, man, you're going to want that. And you should have that. Matter of fact, you should have it now. So you should spend all your money getting credit card debt, consumer debt everywhere, so you can have all those fun toys that you want now because, man, you deserve it. And you see other people's stuff, you should, you should covet that, man. You should want that. You should need that in your life. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere good, man. The things, you, the things you want in life, man, don't enjoy what God gives you. Man, obsess about it. Maybe it's sports. Like, it's one thing to root for the team and, and to have a healthy relationship with sports. But, man, you just go all in, man. Maybe it's other hobby. Maybe it's, like, extreme ironing or, like, or like <laughs> professional dog grooming. I don't know what it is. Competitive dog grooming. I don't know. Whatever it is for you, just go all in. Just go all in. So you have no time for God. Like, just spend all your time and energy on it and just be like, man, I don't know what happened to Jesus. I've been so busy doing this stuff. And follow people on Instagram that make you feel bad about yourself and you're jealous about all they have and just hate that person as much as possible. This is what you gotta do to drift from God. And if all else fails, man, just fake it. Just fake the fact you're a Christian. Just like show up to church and like go through the motions. And it says in Isaiah 29, 13, it says, the Lord says, the people came near to me with their mouth, the army with the list, but their hearts, man, where are they? They're far from me, man. That's where we wanna be, as far from God as possible. Come on, somebody, as long as we're good looking on... <laughs> As long as you look good on the outside, I mean, religion, man, that's all about religion. As long as I look good, I mean, people don't know I'm, I'm down on the inside, but man, on the outside, I'm looking really good today, man. Fake it, man. We can raise our hands, then worship. Maybe we can sing loud, but man, nobody knows in my heart, man. I'm, I'm really struggling. Nobody knows where I'm at. Maybe we get the Christian knees. Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, brother. Amen. Sanctification, justification, and I read in the Holy Scriptures, and everybody's got this stuff they say, right? And it makes them more spiritual. Man, just be enough to get by. Like, be close enough to Jesus where you can see him, but he doesn't do any work in your life. Like, just be close enough. And a matter of fact, you know, don't love other people too much because they'll know you walked with Jesus. <laughs> this, is this is terrible advice. <laughs> don't, love people, don't love people too much 
be, you know, be judgmental, like sit back and like, you know, be a fault finder and then really hate people from distance, even though you come to church and just kind of sit there and kind of walk. Okay, I'm going to stop. We're going to go anywhere. This is bad advice, isn't it? I just came way too natural for me. So I must be a negative person. <laughs> that was great, bad advice. So everything I said, um, I think it has some merit for the fact that, you know, we hear it that way in the context of church. It's like, I can't believe I've been doing some of that stuff. For some of us, kind of like an aha moment, like, oh yeah, I have been kind of doing that. And I can say this because I'm not coming down on any of you because I believe the number one person in this room is gonna walk away from God and drift from God is me. Like I'm that guy, that's my story. When I started full-time ministry as a youth pastor, man, I would write my messages, I would read the Bible so I could write my messages. Like I wasn't spending time with God. People say, hey, uh, Sean, can you pray for me? Oh man, I'll be praying for you, brother. Praying, I didn't pray. I wasn't I doing what I was supposed to do. Man, I was so busy doing all this stuff for God that I forgot I was the work of God. Matter of fact, I went to youth camp. By the way, you should take your kids to camp because we have an awesome camp. But I'm gonna tell you something. I went to youth camp and uh, God spoke to me because there's not a genuine Holy Spirit. And so God spoke to me because I saw the same Holy Spirit that God's speaking to. And he said, hey, you need to wake up. You need to stop doing the work of God and you start being the work of God. See, I realized something. I realized that God wanted to do more in me than through me. Like it wasn't all the stuff I was doing out here. It was what God was doing inside of me. Like I had to be the man of God I need to be. I need to be the husband I need to be. I need to be the dad I need to be to my kids. Like I need to be the person that has integrity and character. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing to me or the circumstances around me or whatever my life has. I'm so busy running a business and I've got these foster kids and all that stuff. That doesn't matter. Like I need what God needs to do for me. And so I need to become who God wants me to be. Like I need God to work in my life. I need to be his work. And God spoke to me very clearly. And this morning, I think this phrase may ring true with you. And I've talked about it before. But man, I was a full-time pastor, but a part-time follower of Jesus. Full-time pastor, but a part-time follower of Jesus. Maybe you can relate to that. You're a full-time mom, full-time dad, but a part-time follower of Jesus. Full-time business owner. Maybe you're a full, full-time friend, full-time student, full-time whatever, but a part-time follower of Jesus. We need to recognize today, man, this, there's some time in our past we've been closer to Jesus. I mean, we've drifted from God. We've drifted from God. And for some of you, are like, man, you're right. Like, I've been away from God, and I feel a little convicted today. Like, I feel like the Spirit's talking to me, and I'm going to encourage you. That's a good thing. That means you got a good soul in your heart, and God's about to do something great in your life. But for some of us, we're like, yeah, I've drifted from God. So what? I mean, like, conversations I have with people, they're like, yeah, I don't really care. They kind of give you lip service, but God's not really in their heart. And I'll just encourage you, man. Maybe your heart's just hard. Maybe there's some thorns that have grown around it. Maybe you're in the rocky soil. And Jesus talks to these people very specifically. Now, I hope, if it's you today, I hope you take a step towards Jesus. Because when you walk towards Jesus, you draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. And it says this in Revelation 3.1. It says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being what? Being alive. Being a Christian. Man, you used to be the leader in youth group. Man, you used to carry your Bible everywhere. Man, you used to pray. Man, you were the person that i go to for advice. Man, you used to be the person we looked up to. You used to be the person that had all the answers. Me, the person that was always here on Sunday. You're the person that's serving. You guys are making a difference. Jesus says, man, you used to be that person. He says this, but today he says, you are dead. Man, what a gut punch. See, everybody else it all looks like we're still good. But over time, we may have drifted from the things of God. You used to be close, but now you're really not. You're not alive inside. Maybe you lost your passion. So what do we do to get this passion back? Very quickly, how do we get our passion back? We've drifted from God. And Jesus gives us his answer. And it's found in Revelation 2, and he speaks to the church of Ephesus, and he says, return to your first love. He says this, you've forsaken the love that you had at first. Man, there was a time you're more passionate about God. Consider how far you've fallen. Maybe today you need to consider how far you've drifted down from God or drifted away from him. You know, Jesus gives us a very simple application. He says this, and you say it with me. What does he say? He says, repent and do the things you did at first. Come on, somebody. Repent and do the things you did at first. Repent, come on, keep saying this, and do the things you did at first. Man, what's repent? Re means to turn, and pent means to go back to the highest. 
Man, we're called to go back to God, the highest one in the universe. I believe that God is as highest when we were kneeling at the cross, amen? That his grace for us, man, the greatest act of love you could ever have was Jesus on the cross. And we're knelt down before him and say, you know what? You, cruci- you were crucified for me. You gave me a new name. You gave me a life. And I'm crucified with you, but yet I live. It's no longer I, but Christ that lives in me. The life I now live is not my own. It is through Christ. Man, what was it like when you first received Jesus? You remember those days when you were passionate and things were different? Man, I remember those days for me, man. I started reading the Bible. I picked it up in Genesis. <laughs> You've been there, right? One, one. And I started going right. And I was just reading the word of God, man. I made these weird stories. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Man, I, just, I mean, I hit Leviticus. I'm like, I'm done, man. I don't know what's going on with this. It was so confusing. But man, I was passionate about God. Man, I was going to church. Man, I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night. Man, it wasn't an option for me. I was there Wednesday night. I had a Tuesday night Bible study. And here's the fact. I didn't, I didn't go with anybody. I drove myself. I was a teenager. I drove myself to church. Why? Because I wanted to be there. I had to know more about this Jesus who died on the cross for my sins. I want to know who he was. Man, I remember worshiping big. I was praying. I was bringing friends to Christ. I mean, I started a club in high school for Jesus. I was on the Jesus guy in my high school because I want to reach my friends for Christ. By the end of high school, man, I've been on mission trips. I didn't have any money. I don't know how I went. They just let me go. I went on mission trips across the world. Man, and God used my life, and I came to the point where I surrendered and said, God, whatever you want, you can have it. My life is not my own. You can use it to pour it out among the nations. God, do what you want. I don't know where you were when you were passionate about God, but today you need to turn back to him. My prayer for you this morning is really simple. Man, that you'd crave the things for God. Man, that you wouldn't be dragged down by your friends. That you would make Jesus your first and only love. Man, that you that you'd give back to him your life. Man, today, I hope today, and I pray today, that today you're more passionate about Jesus than you've ever been before in your life. Can you guys do that today? Make Jesus your passion today? To drift back to God? To draw close to him? That's what it's all about this morning. Father, we pray, we ask that you would just move in this place, God. I pray that we draw close to you as you draw close to us, man. We want our hearts to be good soul this morning. God, we want to reap a spiritual harvest of 30, 60, and 100 times more than we planted. God, use us today to be more, do more for your kingdom than we've ever done before. Man, as we pray today, there are those of you who would say, man, I've drifted from God, but I believe God's brought me here today on a purpose because he wants me to come back to him. Man, I recognize that God's word is landing on my heart as good soul. He wants me to come back to him. If that's your prayer this morning, if you want to draw close to God today, would you lift your hands high and say, I want to draw close to God this morning? May I see your hands up across this place. Father, thank you that you've prepared our hearts for this message this morning. God, I pray for each person far from you to be drawn back to you this morning. God, thank you for waiting us, waiting for us when we're coming home. God, thank you for receiving us with grace. God, you say in your Bible that you're like the prodigal father and you're gonna throw a party when we come back to you. God, I pray that we would make you our number one passion of our lives. God, we surrender our lives to you. God, have it and use it any way you see fit. God, we worship you today for never leaving us even though we have walked away from you. As we keep praying across this room, there are many of you who begin to realize you're not drifted apart from God, but you never really have known God. And I've got some good news for you this morning. When you call on Jesus and you repent, you turn to God, he will hear your prayers. He'll forgive your sins. He'll make you right in this very moment and make you brand new. Jesus loves you in this moment. God's waiting for you to come home. All the angels of heaven rejoice over one sinner turning to God. You see, God sent his son Jesus no matter what you've done. God loves you. He carried a cross for your sin and took your scars. He wants a relationship with you and gives you full access to his forgiveness and grace. Man, we were dead in sin, but we were alive in Jesus. The Bible says that anyone that includes you and includes me that calls on the name of Jesus will be forgiven and changed made completely new. You're not here on accident this morning. God brought you here. Why? Because he's reaching out to you to extend his grace. He wants to make you brand new if you say yes to Jesus. So across this room, if you need Jesus, you're going to say yes to him, yes to forgiveness, yes to new life, yes to Jesus, forgive your sins. If that's you, you want to draw close to God this morning, you guys raise your hands high across this room and be like that today. Say, I want to draw close to you, Jesus. Say, I want to draw close to you. I'm going to pray for you. If, you, if, you, if you're asking that in your heart, you say, Father God, man, I want to be close to you this morning. God, I've drifted from you. 
God, I don't think I ever knew you. I may have grown up in church, but God, I've never heard the message of the gospel. But this morning, God, I want to put my life in you. God, I want to trust you. God, I want to follow you all days of my life. God, I give you my life. I surrender to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.